Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibbyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. 
hope you'll all check out the all-new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zibbymag.com. Diane Kruger is the author of A Name from the Sky. Actor and mom, Diane Kruger, grew up in Germany and has lived in London, Paris, and New York, where she currently resides with her partner, Norman Ritas, and their daughter. Her films include The 355, National Treasure, which is honestly one of my kids' favorite movies ever, Inglorious Bastards, and Troy. Before becoming an actress, she studied ballet with the Royal Ballet in London. Growing up, Diane stood out from the other kids with a name that was unusual in her country. But when Diane's mother tells her the origin of her name, everything changes and she finds her special powers. This relatable autobiographical story comes full circle when Diane explains how she chose her own daughter's name and invites readers to learn the meaning behind their names and discover their own special powers. What's yours? Welcome, Diane. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your beautiful children's book, A Name from the Sky. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Okay. Would you mind telling everybody about this children's book? Why did you decide to write a children's book in the first place? So it kind of started, you know, I'm not really a writer or an author, but I was in, just before the pandemic, I was in Los Angeles working and my mother had come from Germany to help with my daughter, who was about one at the time. And, you know, the world shut down and weeks turned into months. And I found myself, you know, spending so much time with my mom that I hadn't since I left home at 16. And we started talking about my childhood and, you know, things I'd forgotten and new stories. And I, she reminded me of this story that really changed my life in a completely different direction, which is when the day she told me about the meaning of my name. So Diane, even though it seems incredible, was uh, it is a very unusual name in Germany. And I'm from a very small rural town in Germany and people and kids would always make fun of me. And I was also kind of an odd kid. I, you know, would walk to school with a, a, a pet bunny, a life bunny on a leash and would sit in my lap during class. And I, I didn't have a lot of friends. I preferred to read and truly like the characters in those books were my best friends and my 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 Benny, my, my bunny. <laughs> and, you know, I'd just become a new mom. And I remember how intensely I thought about, or we thought about Nova's name, Nova, Tennessee. And I just started writing things down, you know, it just, I had the time to do so. And I thought, well, if, if I felt like I was an outsider with a name like Diane, I'm sure there's tons of kids that must feel the same way. And I found an editor and they thought the idea was good. And, you know, here we are, it took two years. So it's, it's really been a long, a long time in the making. Wow. And the illustrations are absolutely beautiful too. Yeah. You must've been so happy with them. Yeah. It's a whole, you know, new process. I didn't really know how much work goes into making a, a picture book. So once I, 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 we had the text and it was in the 800 to 1000 letters, which I also yeah. didn't know a children's book <laughs> has to have, which was like panic inducing, right? <laughs> then, so, you know, they asked me, since obviously it's a very personal story, they asked me how I imagined myself and the book and the illustrations. And I said, well, if I could have a German, you know, uh, illustrated, that would really bring me back to my childhood. And I don't know, it would just like, you know, be a 360 for me. And so Krista Unsna, who is the illustrator of my book, I mean, I must have driven her crazy because a lot of it is truly inspired. Like what I wore, like the cover is from, from a picture, you know, of me in that age. I love Pippi Longstocking. So I, when I was a kid, I, I dressed like her. I wanted to be different. 
but I love the outcome. Like she brought so much to the book, more than I could have ever imagined. Wow. That's amazing. What's so great about the book too, is a lot of children's books that, that tackle a moment in it, someone's life, like in, in the childhood, stay mm-hmm. in the childhood, but you take us all the way to now, which is so interesting and how you basically found your voice and came into your own identity through acting, through the ballet and mm-hmm. how it all comes full circle. Full circle. Uh, yeah. yeah. So tell me about the moment, like when you went to London, which you write about in the, in this book, uh, when you finally, when you leave your town and you see all the people and you realize your name is not that unique and you go to the ballet for the first time and everything t- t- talk about all of that and the impact that had on your life. Yeah. So I tried to tackle a few things in the book. So obviously that moment what I remember most about that moment is, you know, I'd seen movies. I know people were actors, but what moved me so much when I went to the theater for the first time was the reaction on the audience, right? Mm-hmm. The emotion that was collectively felt by a performance that was unfolding. And as I was watching and looking around me and I saw people laugh and have this feeling of, of, truly of like very intense emotion. It truly was like, for me, like lightning struck me. I was like, wow, I want to make people feel that way. This would be amazing. I, I, you tell stories, you act them out. I was doing that anyways in my head. <laughs> Maybe this is, these are going to be my special powers, right? So that's how it kind of happened for me, even though it obviously took, it took many years to, to get to becoming an actor. But I also wanted to tackle the power that parents hold, right? Mm. Because I think the two moments in the book, one taking a child, exposing a child to a different environment and different experiences. But then also there's the book when I tell my mom that I think I found my powers, right? It's just what I want to do. And instead of saying, oh, you're too young, well, that's not a job. She said, okay, I'm going to trust you. You can, you can do that. You should go and spread your wings. And that is in the book is a little bit of a metaphor when I was 15 and a half. I started modeling and I was missing a lot of class because I got jobs in Paris and New York and all these places. And the principal of my school kicked me out. He basically oh said, you're going to, you have to either come back and finish school or, you know, you need to leave. And I remember that as so unjust because I was working from afar. I was doing all my exams, you know, and I was passing, not, not like an A plus students, but I was doing it. And I really wanted to finish school. And it really felt like he was telling me or asking me to either not follow my dreams and, you know, just to like fit in his perfect little box that he created for people. And I remember that when I told my mom that she said, okay, I'm going to trust you. You can go. Uh, You can go for a year to Paris. And this is a time there's no computer, no cell phones. You know, I didn't speak a word of French. (laughs) I'm going to trust you. (laughs) You can go live on your own at 15. (laughs) And if I hear anything, you have to come back and finish school. But like, I'll trust you. And to this day, like that moment is the one single moment that defined my life. If she had said no, I don't know. Maybe I would have never done anything in my life, right? And so I wanted with this book to encourage or show parents that I think we need to trust our children, that we need to give them wings rather than try to clip them off, right? Let them explore even if they fail. That was kind of the idea. Well, now I feel terrible because I have 15-year-old twins. If they (laughs) told me they were dropping out of school to go to Paris, I would be like, no, you're not. So maybe they could have become, maybe they could have become you, but I'm like totally 
clamping their wings together. So, oh, well, too bad for my kids. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. Next time. (laughs) I had a question, by the way, about your Paris moment. Speaking of Paris, uh, wait, let me find this picture. Okay. Were you actually a mime in Paris? Uh, no, not okay. really. But I was, I went to drama school in Paris. Okay. So, you know, I was up on stage in Paris and we would have performances there, of course. But um, it obviously, um, you know, a mime doesn't speak also. So I was, right. I was just making sure I was like, is that really how she got her start as a mime? <laughs> Just, just clarifying my other question too. So you explain in the book how powerful the name Diane is, but why did your parents pick Diane to begin with? Obviously it's powerful. Did they debate other names? Did you ask her about that? Like what what was the second choice? I think the, the second choice would have been Christine or something. I don't know. It was definitely not as powerful as that name. I don't know. You know, my, my mom said she had heard that name through a friend and that she looked up what it meant. Yeah. She never heard the name because it was so unusual. Right. And I, I'm the firstborn and, you know, I, I, it was a very difficult pregnancy. I was like three weeks late and she just felt that I was the strong, I was a really big baby. Like I had this power when I was born. Also, I just, you know, remember because I felt so, you know, my family situation was a little unstable. Uh, growing up. So there was a lot of embarrassment from my side. Like I couldn't really bring kids home to my house. And, you know, I just, I I never, I always felt awkward, right? People always looked at me like I was awkward. And when she told me the meaning about that, it seemed so, I felt like seen for the first time. I felt like Mm -hmm. she spent all this time thinking about that. So if she thought that I was special, maybe, maybe I am like, maybe there is a possibility for me to do different things. And maybe I could become this powerful woman one day. What was going on that you didn't want people coming to your house? It's just, my dad was, you know, he was an alcoholic and I mean, it's not a very fun part to it. And so it just, it wasn't like an idyllic childhood in that sense. I think very few people really have idyllic childhoods. So uh, (laughs) everybody has a story. Yeah, exactly. Well, as someone who grew up with an odd name, my name is Zibby, and mm-hmm. it's only now that it's actually been useful because people remember who I am. What but is that coming from? It's for Elizabeth. But it's just a nickname, Zibby. It's just a nickname, okay. but still, I mean, it's when you feel like you stick out in some way as a kid when all you're trying to do is fit in, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a bummer. So. I, yes, exactly. So I, I, I relate to that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com what advice do you have for people who are feeling like you felt, which is hard to believe now when you're so obviously come into your element, but people who are feeling awkward or something about them, whether it's their name or their home life or something, it's just making them feel so isolated. Like, how do you get through that moment? How do you maintain the confidence that you will get through that moment? I, I, I don't, you know, it's, I just think most people feel, most children feel that way, no matter how privileged they grow up or how poor they grow up. Obviously, we all have different challenges in life. I I truly believe, you know, and being a mom myself, I truly believe that each child is born perfect. And it has, everybody has their special powers, whether that's, you know, you're going to turn out to be a physician or you're going to sell ice cream in Washington Square Park, but you are unique and perfect and trust that you are enough in whatever you think you're going to go, you know, and I love the idea of us as parents allowing each child to just be that. And that's enough, you know, the more kids I have, the more I realize that parenting has so little to do with anything, right? They're just born the way they are and we just have to not mess them up (laughs) in terms of becoming an actress or an actor and being able to be in this position to sort of give back and, and look back on your own life and, and all of that. Do you still have time to read? Do you still pull back, pull forward some of those stories from when you were little? Do you include books in your day-to-day life? Do you read on set when you get a break? Like where, where does reading fit into your work life now? Oh, I I read all the time. I I will say I read less fiction because I read scripts, right? So I read 10 to 15 scripts a week. It's I read all the time. And then I read to my daughter every night and we have this tradition. uh, So I'm a little regretful because like I said, I grew up in a small town and I would go to the library, right? And in the days you that you took great pride and, you know, you had your book and you had to really take good care of it. And, you know, you get that stamp and you had to return it at a certain time and I didn't have the money to like overextend. So I was reading and taking care of books. And I loved, I loved that. I loved going there and feeling like I have the responsibility to take care of this book. And obviously, you know, we grew up in, she grows up in New York. We don't really go to a library here. But every Sunday we go to a library and it's very interesting for me because she can't read yet, obviously to what she gravitates, like what, what illustrations and books she gravitates to. And, uh, we read three to four books in the store and then I let her pick one or two and we can't get home. Like it's our favorite time. We get into bed together if I'm not reading and read books. She has a huge library everywhere we go, you know, and it is one of those things, I don't know about you, but obviously she watches TV and she watches her tablet and you can't, you know, it's part of the life we live, but it gives me such joy to see her imagination because contrary to a movie, you know, when you read a book, the way you interpret it or how you see it is such a personal thing, right? And you can just, I can see her mind wander. And then the next day when we play and she like makes play believe, like, you know, make believe. 
characters from the book take place in that play, you know? And it just gives me such joy to see her just expand her imagination, right? And that's so much better than just watching a movie, you know, and being force-fed or told what to feel and what to believe, right? So true. Do you have a, a go-to that you read every night? I used to do Good Night Moon every single night. With my oh, I know. That's a good one. We've read that a lot. Um, right now, she, you know, she's four, so she reads... Uh, Frank and Bert is a favorite. Um, I don't know if you have read that. She used to love Pete the Cat, but I think she's getting a little too old for that. (laughs) Yeah, that stage. Yep. You know, so she loves this book called Nowhere. It's a little boy who doesn't want to be told anymore by his parents, you know, what to do and what not to do. So he kind of runs away from home, but now he finds himself nowhere and he wants to be somewhere. So it's changed. Yeah. Interesting. And yet... Despite having your own name be unique in the context in which you grew up, you decided to name Nova, Nova, which is a bit of a beautiful, absolutely beautiful name. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you're preparing her for life with a a name (laughs) that is not traditional? Well, in a way, you know, it is very, because in Latin, Nova means new beginnings, right? So, I mean, I tell her about her name all the time, especially now since I've written a book and I've read it to her many times. (laughs) But I'm trying to make her understand that her uniqueness is what what makes her her, right? And I'm trying to tell her so how much we thought about her before she was born. So Nova, new beginnings, and that was very special to her dad and I, because I had her later in life and he had, he already had a kid with someone else. So it really was a new departure for us. And we were in Tennessee on a motorcycle trip and we were sitting, you know, like in the book, we were sitting uh, outside on a camp and we were looking in the stars and obviously Nova is, is the name of a star. And a Nova star, if you've ever seen, seen one in a, in a picture is, it truly has the color of the rainbow and has all colors and it's always changing. And I love the idea of a Nova star of Nova being able to chase the darkness that life can hold and every day. And there's the promise of a new beginning that each day holds and she will be able to start fresh. Right. And, and then her dad and I met on a movie called sky. So it just felt like <laughs> it was all kind of happening. <laughs> Good thing it wasn't Armageddon or something. Oh, I know, right? Can you imagine? <laughs> You'd have not such the best name. <laughs> yeah. So what is what is coming next for you? You have this children's book out. What's what's on the horizon? Well, I'm back in my day job. So this whole year <laughs> has been very busy. We've lived in different countries all year. We were in Poland for two years, ever two years, two months. Then we're living in France as a family for a year because I was working there for four months. So Nova went to school in France and we're still there. She's going back there. We're going to Marrakesh next month for 10 days for a film festival and she's going to be able to come. So it's been a very, very, very busy year. I'm looking forward to kind of slow down after November, but we're going to be in Europe for a year. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. My last question is like, what, what do you think your life would be like if you had stayed in your village? What if your mom had said no, like me, the terrible mother, what, what would life be? Where do you think you'd be? I don't know. I think I'd be, I think I'd be miserable. Not because I didn't like the village, just because I, I felt so, I felt lost, you know, I, I, I don't know what I would be doing. Honestly, I probably work in a supermarket. I don't know, you know. Not that that's a bad thing, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I would have probably like been working in a local store, always thinking, what if, you know, 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for taking us along with you while we see how, how your life ended up going this way. And thanks for this beautiful, beautiful book. This is such a great new baby gift, by the way. I For every mm-hmm. parent now who's having a new kid, this is going to be on my on my go-to gift list. So, oh, thank you. That's uh, anyway, nice but thanks for taking the time to chat with thank me. Thank you so much, too. Okay. Bye. Have Take a nice care. day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 